it's important to build up this community, not only among uh, expats and among digital nomads themselves, but also include the locals for business reasons, but also for cultural reasons. So uh, I'm a part of this community for my, let's say, business, because I'm building up different projects and different events and different tours and different things that we are building up for the digital nomad community. But I'm also in it privately because I want to hang out with people from different parts of the world. Welcome to Chat with Nomads, where we uncover travel insights, business advice, adventure stories, and lifestyle tips with world travelers and digital nomads. Here is your host, Rax, from nomadsunveiled.com. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another special episode of Croatia with the Chat with Nomads podcast. So this is a special series whereby we look into the amazing people that's pushing that's contributing to Croatia's push as a digital nomad and travel destination. And today we have with us the incredible Evas of Zagreb. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Thank you guys for taking time out. Um, before we start diving deeper, right, you guys need to help me with an uh, issue we need to sort out because both of you are called Eva, right? So and some of the <laughs> listeners are not watching, they're listening to the podcast. So we need to sort out a method to identify which Eva I'm referring to. Okay. Oh, that's the problem of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's, there's lots a lot of, of Evas, Evas in Croatia. Yes. So how do you guys usually, you know... Well, uh, between each other, it's easy, but um, because we do communicate a lot uh, privately and for business, of course, over the years. But I don't know, in everybody that I know business for business-wise, they all have me Eva Swanky in phone. So I don't know, like I, sure. I can adopt the nickname Swanky for these purposes if, it, if it's going to be easier for you. <laughs> okay, cool. So you're yes. Eva Swanky. And, yeah, and I'm Eva Secret Zagreb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. We'll call it Eva Swanky and Eva Secret. Eva Zagreb. I think Eva Zagreb sounds better. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. Now that we've got that, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you guys didn't say, let's use the last name because I'm like, I have no idea I'm going to pronounce both of your last names. <laughs> I think hers would be better because it doesn't have ch, 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 you know, the strange Balkan, Balkan letters, but I don't even want you to try mine. It's just All right. All right. Sounds good. So uh, very happy to have both of you guys here and just a bit of background, right? So we have Eva Swanky, who is running um, Swanky Travels, basically. And Swanky is obviously one of the bigger hospitality brands within Zagreb with the hostel and then a bar and then a travel agency. And I know you guys launched a expat travel club just a few months back, which sounds really interesting. So I'm definitely looking forward to learn more about that. And then we have Eva Zagreb who runs uh, Secret Zagreb. And I think one of the main reasons I heard about you guys is you guys actually recommended by Nomadic Matt, which is one of the biggest travel bloggers online today. as one of the best things to do um, in Zagreb, right? And they also run the the Croatia underrated podcast. So that is amazing. So both of you guys basically have very deep knowledge about the tourism in Croatia and especially in Zagreb. So before we get started, let's dive deeper with an introduction in case I miss anything. Um, yeah. Let's start with Eva Swanky, right? Uh, just a brief introduction <laughs> of yourself. 
Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Well, everything that you said is correct. Uh, so my name is Eva. My last name is Perokovic for people who can pronounce it. Uh, I'm um, a branch manager of Swanky Travel Agency from Zagreb. I'm also a local tour guide for Zagreb in Zagreb County. Uh, I've been working in this agency for eight years now-ish, seven, eight years. Uh, but <clears throat> As you mentioned, Swanky is not only a travel agency, it's also a bigger brand in Zagreb. So we have a hostel, Swanky Mint Hostel, and we have a bar to go along, Swanky Monkey Garden. We're all in the city center. And even though we have different like branches of business, uh, we are under one roof and under one brand, uh, making <clears throat> trying to combine all of our businesses, sometimes separately, sometimes together. Um, that's about it. I mean, as a travel agent, I organize and plan different tours, different, different day trips. And in the last few years, also, we expanded on um, planning and organizing events uh, that has to do with hospitality, tourism and uh, tourism brands and uh, trends. And um, as a tour guide, I also do tours. So I'm not just behind the scene. I'm not just uh, on my laptop and on my computer. I'm also the person out there doing tours and uh, doing them with different different groups, different uh, tour leaders, uh, different types of uh, tourists that are coming. So it's very important for me even to be out there to know what's happening, not just being behind the scene, as I told you. And that's about it. Ask if there's anything else I missed. <laughs> Okay, cool, cool. We, I definitely have questions for that later, but uh, let's move on with Eva Zagreb, your introduction. Well, I liked your introduction, in fact, as well. Um, I do run tours as well. Um, and uh, I mean, I liked uh, Eva's introduction about herself, but I liked your raps about me. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this was a bit confusing. Um, well, yes, I run a little, a little tour guiding uh, business here in Zagreb, Secret Zagreb, and that's how I started getting involved in tourism and um, actually creative tourism. That's my biggest passion, creating uh, various um, services and, and uh, creative products, if I can call them that way, in tourism. I started with city tours, um, and that's still my core business, uh, but um, I've been working more and more with uh, various destinations, usually smaller destinations, um, and uh, co-creating um, different gamified tours and experiences and um, tours and educations in tourism for them. And yes, as you said, um, Croatia Underrated, an audio podcast is um, one of my latest projects. And I've been really enjoying doing that as well. And um, I'm trying to find a way to monetize it these days, but that's what I'd really like to dedicate myself to. Um, yes, that's also very short. Nice, nice. Uh, and, and I have to say, I've been, I was fortunate enough to go on tours with both of you guys. And it was pretty amazing because uh, with Swanky, I went for one that is a secret airbase that I've never been to, or I've been to one in Bosnia and I was, I was apparently, which was the sister base of this one. And we went to these destinations that are probably more off the beaten path because it's not like the typical <coughs> destinations that people go to, right? So that was, that was amazing. And then with um, Zagreb, Eva, I, I was with you in the Miragoy tour on the all. I was there on the All Saints Day or All Souls Day. I was yes. there on both days, but I was there with you on one of the days. And I thought that was, that kind of, I guess that kind of defines a lot of your planning of your products. I think you're more into the story side of things and really diving deeper into maybe less of the visual elements, but the story behind 
every little street and every corner that there is, right? So that was very interesting for me to learn more about how I, I always have this interest in like the deaf culture in every country, if you could put it that way, because that is like a taboo topic in Asia, right? And when I first got to Mexico, of course, they have their Dia de los Muertos, which is like a whole celebration kind of thing. And then I moved to like La Paz, Bolivia, and they were talking about like witchcraft and we were talking about social issues of people getting booted out of the cemetery because they don't know how to renew their lease or their rental in the cemetery and we see the same problem in Croatia obviously that there's no good system to basically do this stuff right and the older people have no idea how to do this and then it leads to all the different things so so what I what I really like about both tours was that it's not the typical I would say tourist hotspot kind of tour it's either something that you've never seen or it dives deeper into the culture of Croatia, right? So I'm just looking at this and wondering, like, within the whole tourism industry, do you guys think this is becoming a bigger element of a deeper dive to, you know, all the off-the-beaten-path destinations and, and the culture versus the highlights? Because obviously the highlights are still big, right? The Plivitzer Lakes and whatever, those are still attracting people. But are you guys seeing a shift towards a certain genre instead or it's still primarily the highlights Eva you can continue <laughs> okay <laughs> well um, I think that um, that there is a development of both courses like that uh, both the massive tourism is uh, unfortunately getting even more traction uh, now after COVID but also these um, deeper slow travel kinds of things uh, exploring they are also getting more and more interest. In fact, just before the pandemic, I noticed that people um, really wanted to do, like that their attention span started shrinking, but now it seems like the other, it's like, uh, the other way around. Uh, while um, there was this incre increased um, idea of uh, just getting entertained and not really learning about destination, that's the feeling that I got just before the pandemic started, that, uh, they were less and less interested in stories. But now I see that it really went the other way uh, around, that uh, people really want to get the feeling that they know the place, that they feel the place, the sense of the place, um, and that they, they are enjoying it indeed. Uh, I can tell that because they are often choosing to come to several tours and they are just here for a few days. So that really means a lot. It used to happen before as well, but now it feels like they are really searching for this connection, like a human connection. That's probably us, the guides, the tour guides, um, but also uh, a connection with the cities and destinations. Um, I think it even means more to people than the topics of the tours and the uh, curiosities that they are going to find out. Um, so definitely there has been a change and it's, it's still happening, at, at, at least as far as I'm noticing. Uh, but it's still hard to define it, I'd say. People are uh, talking a lot about new trends in tourism, um, but I'm not sure if anyone really got it right. They were talking about slow travel. They were talking about smarter travel, uh, more sustainable travel after the pandemic. But I, I feel like um, all of the branches of tourism are now getting uh, some, um, some uh, like a new life, uh, a new life. And we, all of us are just... Uh, well, it's up to us whether we will stay in the ashes or, I don't know, rise like phoenixes. Maybe that's a bit too much, but <laughs> to say an overstatement, but still, there's a lot of options. Uh -huh. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I completely agree with you regarding the um, knowing about the actual, like getting entertained that knowing about the actual story. Um, I think that the only rule is that there is no rule. And that's something that I had to like um, convince myself in believing that there's nothing wrong in our planning. There's nothing wrong in our marketing. There's, we are doing everything fine, but we have to accept that the travel trends regarding when do people uh, plan and how do they plan, they just shifted and th there is no planning. There is no rule. The thing that I can give you just from like firsthand experience is that um, during COVID, so during pandemic, my off the beaten path tours were actually the only ones let's say the only ones that I was doing because people were actually avoiding crowds and that was pretty normal. So all of my private tours and tours that don't go to like Plitica Lakes, for example, or anywhere that it's crowded, they were, they were a success. Um, but regarding the, let's say the topic that you asked us, is that like becoming more popular to go to tours that are not so uh, frequent, that are not so, um, how can I say, uh, popular touristically. Um, that's something that I known even before like pandemic and I will know it after now, because um, on these tours you have crowd uh, crowds and you have people that are strictly interested in that topic. You know, they will not just go randomly because um, some uh, tour guide book or some trip advisor or some uh, 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 tourist portal said them said to them like, hey, this is awesome. This is one of the you must uh, one of the best things you must visit it. So when I have people on my specific in this case, let's say urbex tours, I know that I have people who are really into this, you know, so I don't have to worry whether they will like it or not. I already know that they are here for the purpose of like knowing more about their own interests so that's something that has nothing actually to do with covid or post-covid or pre-covid situation is just the thing that it's growing because more and more people are introduced to this alternative kind of tourism i'm pretty sure that uh, eva has the same situation because i know that people want who are going to her tours they don't want to be a part of a big crowd you know when they are just like a number standing in a crowd of like 50 other people the last row cannot even hear what the tour guide is saying they really want to experience the the tour guide story and they want to be like front row really listening to what she has to say so the same thing is happening with me as well gotcha yes, and, that's and true one of the reasons i was looking into this is because let's just call this a more experiential form of tourism right whereby you're not just going with the crowd and i think this is a bit generalizing it but the main thing is that i'm seeing a lot of when we talk about digital nomads and and slow travelers who are staying at a place for longer periods right there is a tendency for this group of particular travelers to look deeper into experiential tourism, which dives deeper into culture, mainly because of a few factors. One being, if I have the time, then of course I'm looking at a lot more things rather than just the highlights, right? And there is one thing is that I'm not in a rush to just see the highlights and be gone and be done with it. Secondly, it's also that there is a bigger desire to dive deeper into the culture to maybe even be able to make local friends because I will be there for a month, for three months, rather than just there for like five days, right? So in that sense, I do think that maybe this particular group provides an increasing opportunity for experiential tourism to grow. And as I look from the outside, as an outsider looking into Croatia's development in the last two years, 
apart from for the tourism industry, apart from COVID, obviously, which is has a big impact. I've seen that the rise of Croatia as a digital nomad destination, the strategy falls in line a lot, very closely together with tourism. It's a smart move for Croatia because Croatia has been known as a strong tourism destination, right? So in terms of that, uh, what are you guys take on this particular phenomenon when it affects whether it affects the travel industry or does it affect your business plans and and is there an opportunity? What's the general hot take on it? Yes, well, maybe uh, you can go first because my mic is uh, something happened. I'm going to fix it. <laughs> All right. So, um, oh my God, like this topic is so wide that uh, and so important actually for uh, Croatian tourism, not only tourism, it goes way beyond tourism. But let's stick to the to your question. So <clears throat> um, before the digital nomad era of Croatia, I mean, digital nomads and expats and remote workers have always been coming to Croatia, of course, because you can imagine somebody coming for a vacation, seeing how nice it is, how maybe cheaper it is for them than where they live, and just a lot of opportunities. Of course, they would choose that as their new remote destination for business, for working, co-working, etc., etc. But uh, it has never expanded so much as, as it was uh, in 2021 when the digital nomad visa came and just the whole advertisement and uh, the whole, um, how can I say, digital nomad community rise, uh, rise up um, and becoming more aware that this is nothing that will last just for a year or a month, that this is here to stay. So one of the, you said the best, let's say, um, reason why from the tourist point of view this is a good opportunity because they have time digital nomads experts and remote workers they have time uh definitely more time than an average tourist that still is staying in zagreb let's say for about two nights and out of two nights if they want to want to do something i mean that's a really that's 48 hours basically and you cannot actually experience something you can just hit the highlights as you said for digital nomads staying for a week or in or more that's already good enough time to experience more stuff and as they do experience more stuff they are just open to this local life which we which we present through our tours or just hangouts or meetups and of course they are um they want more right they want to become more and more a part of this community because it's important to build up this community not only among uh, experts and among digital nomads themselves but also include the locals for business reasons but also for cultural reasons so yeah, i'm a part of this community for my let's say business because i'm building up different projects and different events and different tours and different things that we are building up for the digital nomad community but i'm also in it privately because I want to hang out with people from different parts of the world. I want to have this opportunity not just to meet them on my tours. And after a few hours, I say, okay, thank you for being on my tour. Thank you. Bye. And that's it. I want to continue this relationship with people from all around the world, because this is how we are. This is how I also, let's say, build up my own experience and my own knowledge about my business, my, my community, and generally the person that, that I want to build up to be. Um, talking about the opportunities for uh, Croatia generally is um, getting, uh, how can I say, getting new minds in, in the sense of new ideas, new entrepreneur ideas, new things that, that, that we can benefit as a country, not just 
from them from being here and spending money here, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is basically an open world to us, right? Uh, to any country, but we're now talking about Croatia. This is something that we have to take advantage of, not in a bad way. I know taking advantage sounds bad, but I didn't mean it like that. But taking advantage of this opportunity given to us that actually COVID um, rushed, you know? I honestly think that this would eventually happen to Croatia and or in this area, but not as fast as it did because of COVID. Because now people here in Croatia are aware that um, this can become a new way of living. And now people that have never even thought about leaving their desk and leaving their office have the opportunity to, hey, I met this guy, he's from Singapore, he is living uh, remotely, blah, 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 blah. And then why shouldn't I do that? And then they start to think about them experiencing this uh, type of living, which is, again, sharing and experiencing more um, more knowledge and more, more possibilities in every case. This is my, like, random, like, Quick very... <laughs> very wide opinion about this digital nomad trend but of course there are so many smaller parts of it that are influencing smaller like um, they have uh, they're impacting smaller parts of our economy and smaller parts of our uh, life so this is just like a wide opinion about it gotcha gotcha and wow uh, yes this uh, this was actually amazing i totally agree with you on everything that you said you said you put it so beautifully and, um, um, uh, well, I can then be the voice of the smaller economy <laughs> um, because um, for me, um, I, I was really lucky to be a part of the um, last year's uh, event, uh, Digital Nomad Week in Zagreb. And um, it, it was just um, accidentally, Paul Bradbury from Total Croatia recommended me to, uh, to maybe organize the tours for the week and Tanya from the organizer board, she accepted it. And this was really uh, so, so beautiful for me because uh, it was still pretty, everything was still very slow. Uh, nothing was happening in Zagreb yet. Uh, we didn't really know what to, whether to look forward. Was there any end to pandemic or anything? This was last year. So the situation was really different than uh, at the same time of the year this year. And um, and then because of that, uh, I followed it from the beginning. I followed everything that was happening since. Uh, but I was also lucky to feel this uh, vibe um, and and uh, the the colorful um, and lively atmosphere that uh, this event brought to the city. Really, it did, um, and um, I, and and I really felt it on my own skin. It was literally a new hope for me for the next um, for the next uh, years to come, uh, and. Uh, uh, because things were kind of depressive, everyone was very depressive, but all in tourism, but all of a sudden things started happening. Um, and yes, as I've been following the reactions, this is probably the most uh, positive thing that has happened in Croatia that showed that the country and uh, different public institutions can react if they uh, wish. Uh, they made it possible and easier than um, anything else to get a digital nomad visa. Uh, and uh, I've been hearing just lately on the tours, a lot of people, I've been overhearing them, uh, hearing them, the guests, uh, talking about these options. Um, so it seems like it was a good move because people are considering to move for, to Croatia for a while and um, enjoy all the benefits. So I, I really believe that it was a smart move from all the destinations that were a part of it. 
um, and um, the country itself that made some things um, more flexible than they do for us who live here permanently. <laughs> <laughs> so great job. Um, and, it, uh, and, and the fact that uh, it's all over the um, uh, news and the tourism board uh, sites that usually locals follow, they started picking up, up this term. As Eva said, uh, people are starting to be aware that this thing exists and then they are they are looking into it what is this thing this digital nomads what is this thing and they are then realizing that it can be an option for them um i'm also the first one in line i've been searching i've been uh, realizing more and more how important it is to have some kind of a passive income to not be mm, completely tied to a certain location i mean it's funny because i'm a tour guide a local tour guide in zagreb and that's my expertise um, but um, it forced me into doing some virtual tours as well. Uh, so it it gave me it really opened my eyes and gave me some more options. Just being near digital nomads, uh, not even such a big part of the community as um, Eva Swanky is. Mm -hmm. uh, really, I think it's a big option. It's a it's a big push. Uh, for everyone because the atmosphere is positive. People are really. I haven't met anyone uh, from the community that uh, wasn't eager to explore destinations, learn more, seize their time. Um, all friendly people and people you can learn from, get inspired from. That's what happened to me. Uh, so I think that uh, I was also recommending to people, oh, you have to join this, um, try to organize some tour. It, it's just going to be so beneficial, but I can't really explain how, but just try it and it's going to be. So I can say that uh, from each point of view, uh, as a benefit for me, for the business, for um, for the country, and I hope for the people who come here and um, and find a temporary home here, that it's also this whole movement I'd call it is uh, yeah. really a positive thing. I'm I'm actually very surprised at how significant. Um, the impact of like skill transfer or maybe mindset transfer that you guys were yeah. referring to. I personally have never expected that to be a very big part um, of the nomadic movement. But speaking to players or digital nomad community leaders who are trying to organize nomadic hubs or they are trying to organize co-living, co-working spaces or creating a community somewhere and then hearing from you guys who are more on the local side of things, I suddenly realized that that is actually a super big component or something that really have a significant impact on like how well like digital nomads can kind of give back to wherever they are, you know, the destination that they're going to and, and stuff like that. I think that's interesting. And, and I think the other good point that was put up was really the idea of events, because I know that the Zagreb Digital Nomad Week last year was not to organize it was not easy because back then it was still almost like in the mid of the pandemic. And I know that saltwater nomads and everyone who was involved actually pulled a lot of resources and connections to make it happen. And that actually resulted in more events that, that is actually part of the hospitality and tourism space, right? It, it allows opportunity for events like conferences or like even marathon runs to happen. And then of course, also like experiential tours that dive deeper into the culture or the food scene of Croatia, right? So that seems to be triggering a lot of things within the space which makes it seem like i think it ties in really well together with like the boom of the digital nomad together with the rise of the tourism scene yeah well <clears throat> you mentioned like the transfer of skill and um how this digital nomad is impacting the local life as well 
Um, I know that this is going to sound maybe not so like re- real as a as a reason, but um, Croatia is a very small country, and um, most of the people are still not not as anything bad, but a lot of people are still living in their how can I say in the patterns, you know, in the patterns that are not necessarily bad, but they are patterns. They are same ways of living and not so much thinking outside of the box, not because they don't want to, not because they are not able to, not because they are just like closed minded. No, people are very open minded, but maybe for some for some people, they didn't get the opportunity to actually have a digital nomad or remote worker or anybody who will tell them, hey, this is also an opportunity for you. Um, nobody, uh, pandemic, I'm, again, coming back to this, pandemic is a perfect example of this because, uh, for example, I have a friend working in a bank. She, in her like best vision of her job, would never think that she would work from home because who would think that a bank... Uh, um, a bank uh, job could be worked from a laptop at your home, right? This was something out of uh, out of knowledge for all of us, and it wasn't even consider- considered as an option. Then something like a higher force came, pandemic came, and we were all forced, including her, to work at home, right? And now she is having this um, opportunity, and she is basically introduced with, hey, there is more than one option, right? Same thing happening in schools and colleges. Um, Kids and students are taught to be independent, to be innovative, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know how much actually are they being taught about, hey, you can actually do freelance job. You can do this. You can go out and work for another company. Don't know how much education in, in our country is based on giving more opportunities, right? Because um, telling the children, hey, you can also travel and work, it's not a bad thing. It's not like go out of the country and work somewhere else. That's completely different uh, because um, I think that only proper um, advice for this kind of living can actually come from a person who lives like that not from somebody who thinks that this would be a good idea. And then you have this impact of digital nomad, uh, nomads and remote workers coming into country and talking about, about this topic to people, to young people, to older people, to parents who maybe transfer that to their kids. And now that we have this new way of thinking, which is, again, encouraged by the fact that look what the pandemic did. Obviously, there is a possibility. We just didn't think about it. Uh, So I think this is important when it comes to like transferring skills, you know. Plus, I mean, what a better way to get introduced to different cultures, different uh, religions, different uh, heritages, different ways of living than to have these huge amount of people from different parts of the world coming to your home, basically, by home meaning the country, right? So it you don't even have to go out to get the glimpse of the life and then see, huh, maybe I can try it. So this is something actually wonderful happening for, for our country. It is. But I would just like to add that even people who are Sorry, even even people who uh, are already uh, thinking out of the box, they still have their own boxes <laughs> uh, that they may make for themselves. Uh, so this uh, exchange of creativity is uh, really something. I, I definitely agree with you on this. It's beautiful. That That's probably kind of why, now that you mentioned it, that's probably kind of why nomads also like to hang out with nomads because like 
they break each other's boxes uh, when you start speaking to people that are like, you know, interacting with everyone from around the world, right? So I like to look into like, in terms of consumer behavior, do you guys see a difference between, let's say, purchasing patterns or like expectations of product offerings in terms of the difference between regular tourists and, you know, like expats or nomadic travelers? And does that affect how you plan your product offerings in the tourism industry? Mm. Well, the, the thing that I noticed, and this is just an opinion, I might not be right, uh, mm. is that um, digital nomads, uh, remote workers and expats, they don't prefer to be a part of uh, big tourist crowds. Uh, they, uh, of course, they like to meet other people from different uh, di- different parts of communities and different world and different cultures. But um, because they are given this extra time to spend here, maybe they are looking for something more not unknown, you know, something more local. So um, I, w- the only reason I'm planning more. Uh, experience tours when it comes to uh, this part, this type of traveler, let's say, uh, it's only because um, they have the time to experience more than a highlight. So I would, I would really struggle to try to sell a tour, for example, to a tourist who is here for two days. Um, you know what? Forget about Plitvice, forget about Dubrovnik, forget about main attractions. Let me show you something. Let me take you to, I don't know, Slavonia and let's go for a homemade meal in Slavonia with, I don't know, local music and local dances. I mean, that that would be awesome if I can do it, right? But this tourist who came here for like two days, he was saving the money for it. He has maybe two weeks off of his box. Um, he, I mean... He would definitely have a good time, but you know, he has a plan and he really wants to see Plitvice and who am I to take that away from him, right? So what we tried and we succeed partially to always combine like, okay, we'll go to Plitvice Lakes, you'll see what you want, but trust me on this, 20 minutes away, there is this airplane base that nobody knows that exists, like, let me show you that as well. So we, I try to like balance it, you know, like, trust me on this one, I'll take you here, but let's do something different. Uh, it it succeeds sometimes, you know, like people sometimes say, okay, strange little lady, come on, let me show you. I trust you to show me something else. But most of the time, that's not the case. And I completely understand that, you know, but for digital nomads, you, they have like, they, they have no excuse, you know, like I have no time. Yes, you do. Like I, uh, I'm here only for like a week. Okay, more than enough to see a lot of things that are not the mainstream, like the main highlights. So that's why I, in my case, I plan it just a little bit different, maybe outside of the box, maybe a little bit more authentic, just because they want that and they have time to to do it actually. Yes. Uh, well, I have also been working since I started uh, doing tours. I have been working a lot with the expat community here in Zagreb that, that is also on the rise. And um, I also noticed not everyone, uh, but um, a big number of people who choose to move into a country usually choose choose it because um, they liked it for some reason and now they want to explore it. So they, they really do want to know more than uh, the superficial layer. They want to really get to know how people think 
and um, all the history to appreciate it even more. And they do. In fact, they usually appreciate it more than um, a regular tourist uh, who comes for just a night or two here to Zagreb, at least. Um, they really show great appreciation. And um, I feel even this sense of gratitude, um, I think they are really, um, Real, a, a really beautiful group of people to work with uh, because um, there's a, a lot more open conversation, a lot more open questions. They are asking, uh, want, want to know more, um, looking what to do next, um, and uh, they are open to different to, to different experiences. They will be happy if they find something new. Um, but also, it's not everyone. I mean, it's just this um, majority. This this um, hype that we see, but there are people who come and just stay locked up in the hotel room because, the, or some kind of a place that they rented because that's their job. Again, they have to work and uh, and sometimes they they just don't have enough time and sees the whole um, time in Croatia just being locked in some room. Also people who move um, with their family members and are not even uh, employed they move to the country like with their wives or husbands um, and then use their free time to explore. But also those who don't even bother to do that. I've met those two, so uh, it's right. different. But those who do, they are true explorers. I know so many people from the States, for example, who were working, some of the, their family members worked for the government and they didn't. Uh, and they, they knew Zagreb better than anyone, any mm -hmm. local that uh, I know they really enjoyed that. Exploring. Got it. Yeah, I, th I think there is definitely a few, well, like every nomad is still different despite uh, generalization, categorization of, you know, digital nomads, but the lifestyle is still kind of different from person to person. And, and I think there's two reasons, uh, like two generic reasons on why someone goes to a place, right? One of which is discovering the culture, which means that they'll be pretty active in like checking out places and going out. But the other is, the other one is, it's also, which might be more of a practical sense, it's just the desire to live in a country, even if it's routine stuff. So that means even if I just follow a similar routine day to day, but that still, that lifestyle or that routine that's set up in a particular destination still attracts me a lot. So I don't really go out to check out different spots, but I still decide to stay in a place for like a long period of time, right? So they are like definitely these two groups. And I think one of the things to look at maybe more in terms of hospitality per se, and I think this might tie in with the expat travel club that uh, Swanky is launching, is that there might be an interest in checking out what we might call smaller style events that does not require going to a certain place that is far away. Like for example, I might not be interested in going to Plevitzer Lakes or like even going to the airbase, but I love to maybe check out all the nice cafes, right, just in Zagreb. So it's really diving deep into almost learning the heartbeat of the city, like really what the locals are interested in as well, right? Like where do you go to eat? Where are the authentic places for food? They are not touristic, right? So, and I know one of the first events I think that you guys did was something related to gin tasting, right? Yeah. So how did that work out? And do you see a trend towards that direction as well? Yeah, so um, there's actually uh, two 
separate things happening. Uh, one is the Digital Nomad Association that uh, Michael and Jan actually started and they had a lot of uh, help from partners and friends. And now we have a new uh, CEO. So Digital Nomad Association, uh, Romana is the new, the new Michael. Uh, so basically um, what they are doing, uh, they are helping digital nomads with their visas and with the technicalities and the paperwork and things like that but also they are organizing different events in the form of uh, meetups and in the form of uh, nature picnics and uh, co-working sessions like hey let's get together and like co-work together in a co-working space because it's always maybe better in like uh, a, a crowd uh, there was the idea of co-working Monday because Monday usually sucks so why not uh, take it uh, take it easier you know and let's have a sucky Monday together, you know? Uh, so things like that. And they are really doing a good job. Um, honestly, I've been mostly a part of um, their project. Well, their event called Wednesday, when the ends day, right? So that's basically um, digital, nomad, digital nomad meetup. When I say digital nomad, I mean everybody, locals, expats, remote workers, whoever wants to join. Uh, but basically, it's a meetup in one of the bars, and it's uh, happening once a month on a Wednesday uh, at 7 p.m. in a bar in different cities. So at the same time, in different cities around Croatia, Rijeka, Split, Dubrovnik, uh, Zadar, Zagreb, and more, uh, digital nomads from different cities are meeting up in a particular place in a bar just for a hangout. It's nothing specially planned. We just set a date. Uh, there's usually some kind of a like special offer drinks or welcome drink or different venues have different offers. And that's it. Sometimes we have 20 people. Sometimes we have five people. But it's the continuity that makes this event great because you can count that at least once a month on a Wednesday, usually the mid uh, mid-month uh, period, we will have something that you can come join, uh, have a chat with somebody or just drink something and that's it. So Digital Nomad Association is doing this. And then you have another uh, project uh, that's like a sub-project of the bigger one called Chromats that uh, again, Paul Bradbury is uh, in charge for, and this is his, uh, his idea. Uh, this is pretty much like a platform uh, called Chromat that shows you that uh, Croatia has a 365 uh, experience um, possibility that uh, if you are planning to come to Croatia, you can easily see, aha, uh -huh, I'm planning to come, I don't know, uh, between um, October and December. Let's see what's happening. Let's see what events will I be able to join. Let's see what, what's happening in the country, like let's say holidays or things or events generally. So when you are planning your stay in Croatia, you can already search what should be interesting to join, like in advance. Uh, that's one of the things. And then this Chromad Travel Club is actually like a um, virtual community that uh, allows you to participate in different events. There are, for example, food or drink tasting, uh, local tours. Um, now, this weekend, we have uh, rafting, well, actually kayaking on Mrežnica River and uh, paintball at the abandoned TBC sanatorium on top of the Medvenica Hill. So we're giving these people a chance to hang out, but while you're hanging out, might as well do something interesting, might as well do something that you cannot actually do alone, you know, because all of these 
things and all of these activities are usually group activities. And uh, the thing that a solo traveler, tourist or digital nomad is facing is that, hey, I really want to do this, but there's nobody I can like call. There's nobody else doing it. I don't know if I can do solo. I can, uh, I know, I can, I don't know if they will organize this only for me. And this way we are giving a specific date, a specific time. Hey, everybody who wants to join, this is only for you. This is not usually uh, happening. So you might as well join, right? So this is the concept of, again, another way of networking, basically by doing something right. fun. Uh, yeah, gin tasting in uh, Brigljevic uh, distillery uh, was uh, our first experience. Basically it was uh, planned only for us. Uh, it was a small group, uh, so it was, I think we were 12 people or 11 people, and um, it was a workshop that uh, the family Brigljevich introduced their uh, products to us, but ended up being just a hangout where we were doing our own cocktails, uh, tasting gin, uh, basically having a good time, not just sitting in a bar, doing something else. So that's the, that's the concept, that's the idea behind it. And of course, um, you have to have locals included into this so that family that owns the distillery again they have business because of that uh now we're going rafting the um, agency that organizes rafting they have business because of that when we are going paintballing the business that does paintball have business from us you know so it's a very nice way of um balancing fun and business you know for all the for beneficial for all the all the people inside of this project Got it, got yeah. it. So, so it's really a lot more of, the way I hear it, it seems to be a lot more of community plus experiential combination that seems to work really well when it comes to catering to this particular group as well because I assume well, the commitment... Sorry, Max. Uh, can yes. we maybe ask you, how was it for you? Did you uh, how did you experience Croatia in these, these terms? In, in terms of community and experience? Yes, the community experience was that, uh, did you like that? Uh, did you benefit in any way? I, I think in the long run, the community element is huge um, because I think that is one of the biggest concern of nomadic travelers compared to regular travelers, right? Because if we talk about purely travel elements, I think it's more feasible to do like a solo travel and I and most nomads are actually solo travelers right so just to travel in itself is not that big of an issue but when it comes to wanting to stay it seems that the community element has a very huge implication on a person's or nomad's experience in a certain place so that becomes a big thing because for example well, I'll take the example of Buenos Aires, right? And I was there right before I came to uh, Croatia. I think what was really successful in Buenos Aires, and it was really weird because there, there is a very big foodies group form of expats and locals. And, and generally, the, the group started off mainly of like, I think it was three expats that went there that are staying for long because they're working long term. So they're not digital nomads, but they were there. And then, of course, they meet up with local and then they form this group of people that love food, right? And we know food like brings a lot of people together because that is like a, a very big element for most people. And that group in itself now is so huge that every time they have an event, it's always fully booked and it's always waitlisted. So there are like a lot of people waitlisting just to go for one event. And from that particular group, 
there are spin-off groups into like book clubs and a sports group, right? And so now uh, Buenos Aires becomes a very easy spot to go to because the moment I go there, I know that there is a group that is super active, right? Because as the group grows bigger, there are more people hosting events. So for example, if I want to go for, let's say, uh, to try a barbecue restaurant, it makes no sense for me to go myself, right? Because like, I was just eating myself, that makes no sense. But I know that I can always find people to go together like really easily because the booking or the coverage is so big that it's just easy to find people, right? And, uh, and I think that is what I'm starting to see in Croatia, whereby the community element is building. And, and I think one of the things I was always looking at as well, and just to go off topic a little, because this was a topic I was very interested to know, is that the idea of states is not a very familiar concept for me, because obviously in Singapore, we have no states. We are like one state and one nation, right? But I started to notice that in different countries where there are states, there is a weird balance or dynamics between collaboration and competition. So we were talking just now a bit about like how there are communities, like the Wednesday thing whereby we're starting to see like a collated effort on organizing an event on a certain day on a certain time, right? But that only started to happen, I think, in the last six months, whereas before what we were seeing were very sparse effort from different places, from different groups, right? So in terms of the tourism dynamics of it, what's the dynamics between competition and collaboration between tourism across different states in Croatia? Because I'm sure every government wants the money to go into their economy so that they can build more. And of course, each country or each city, each state has their unique proposition to offer a traveler. Viva, take it away. <laughs> oh, well, um... Uh, it is difficult because we have a pretty complicated uh, system of uh, tourism boards. There are even very small tourism boards for just one city or one town. And uh, many people would say that they don't really collaborate enough, although that um, was noticed and uh, they started encouraging through different uh, legal corrections. Uh, they, decided, they started encouraging this, these connections. Um, but and maybe joint presentation, um, but they are still regional. And um, okay, the National Tourism Board um, has uh, different approaches, but smaller ones uh, might be sometimes neglected uh, because the people don't really see their value, and sometimes people who work there aren't um, aren't engaged enough in their local communities, so they can't really. Um, get through the sense of small places and make them a desirable destination for both locals to engage in tourism and the, the, the visitors to come and visit. So, I mean, there are so many uh, problems on different levels, uh, but I think that um, the people who truly connect different destinations are entrepreneurs, usually uh, private businesses who obviously know that uh, you cannot split a country in a million pieces, that nobody is coming just to, to kayaking to Mrežnica, as um, Eva said, or just to pay, doing, do paintball on Mount Medvednica. This is really hard going to be an attraction by itself. And, uh, and all those destinations can hardly be uh, destinations by themselves, uh, at least for people from faraway places. Um, so they need to work together and combine it uh, into a connected uh, product that will make sense. And that's what the private businesses are 
for and that's what they do best uh, so maybe some more help um, from if they have good initiatives uh, from um, both the destination management on local levels regional levels and national levels uh, would be a big help i think uh, because um, after all the product is what um, drives businesses and turns money so there could be ways maybe better ways to help them out with good initiatives Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting because the, the way I look at this, we start looking under the hood, right? As if we are just talking about a traveler coming to a country or a nomad coming into the country. And maybe that kind of ties in with the whole objective of, of Chrome Ads as a 365 destination, right? The the way I see is that tourism is actually can actually be a very strong bonding factor across the whole country because even as a regular travel, I will assume that the normal rite of passage is definitely to travel from city to city, even if we don't talk about the, the less prominent destination like Rijeka, Rovin, Osiak, right? If we, if we just talk about the prominent ones like Zagreb, Zada, Split, Dubrovnik, right? Regardless if it's a traveler or a nomad, there's a very good chance that someone will pass by in one way or another throughout the four different cities. And each one actually have kind of a bit of different things to offer a traveler, right? And something I have not seen yet in Croatia compared to, say, in South America destinations or even in Western Europe where tourism is the big big boom, right, is that there is no connection between either travel companies or hostels or something. So to give an example, right, if you go to a certain hostel in, say, Czech, Republic, right? There are chances that you'll find another hostel of the same name in like maybe Austria, right? And if you go to like, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Sandman's free walking tour. Mm-hmm. They are like the biggest free walking tour in Western Europe. So they obviously have built a brand across the different major cities in Europe, right? And so a traveler that goes to one and is very satisfied with the experience would obviously go to another one in the same city under the same brand name, right? And in Croatia... Well- Right now, I don't see any particular connection between the different cities. Well, uh, this is also uh, these um, branches and um, franchises are also very much connected with uh, massive tourism in the cities, the, the particular ones that you mentioned. Um, so we are kind of happy that they're still not here. That's a good sign. It means that uh, the cities are still livable for us. <laughs> um, yes, uh, and uh, they are, no matter how uh, happy you are with the services, uh, they are usually uh, usually not uh, completely fair with their employees. Um, um, and uh, and uh, we... We would like to move, I mean, I think that the whole country would like to move in a more sustainable way uh, where they would treat all the employees uh, fair. I think it's more valuable that we have Swanky in our city than any any franchise hostel, really, because um, Swanky is a brand that is uh, that has inspired many uh, hostels all around Croatia um, since um, they took over an old uh, heritage site uh, that wasn't really under under um, under a true protection, uh, but they did it. They renovated it in a way to preserve the industrial feel. Uh, so that was really progressive in the times when they uh, opened up the hostel in Ilica Street, and it uh, started being a good example with everything they do. All the all these different initiatives that they join 
um, that are different from anything else that uh, even the digital nomad um, involvement. Uh, now, this is something that uh, drives everyone else because they will see the opportunity in their destinations to start building a similar business. Uh, so sorry, because I, I, if I overreacted to just a little mention of, of friendship hotels and, and hostels and everything. <laughs> but, um, but it's just, uh, I think that this is because Croatia is still small, it's still not overcrowded. And uh, once they come to Croatia, you will know that it's uh, it's a point where there's no way back. <laughs> I, I'm actually thinking a bit more of like, rather than big franchises, right? Okay. I'm rather thinking more of like small companies, like for example, yourself, can potentially work with other walking tours in different cities to do like a, a co-recommendation or community whereby it's not under the same brand name. But sure. you guys have the vote of confidence of each other, right? Like, so for example, I go to your tour and I'm like, hey, this is awesome. And then I was like, I'm going to split, but who should I go to? And then you'll be like, hey, there's this, my friend that does this in split. She's awesome. And then so yes. now I go to split and I'll do that, right? So that can be done on a individual or small business level, whereby you can also go to like a larger hospitality brand like Swanky. Like Swanky could be working with another brand in Dubrovnik or something to create yes. like almost a connection of, well, you know, some of us do that, but you're right. There's nothing like um, maybe a true network that uh, would support each other. I think that could be missing. You're right. I mean, um, I, I completely agree with Eva. And Eva, your reaction is not overwhelmed. Uh, it's actually underwhelmed. Um, I, I don't have anything against big franchise. And uh, while I was traveling through, through Europe, you mentioned Czech, right? So uh, in Prague, I actually joined one of their, uh, one of the fr big franchise tours, and it was great. I have absolutely nothing against that. But um Again, I'm coming to this point where Croatia is a very small country, Zagreb is a very small city, even though culturally big, but technically it's still a small city. Um, if you would bring a big brand that uh, is not necessarily bad or has anything uh, or anything bad to say about it, uh, they're just big, which means they have more money. More money means more advertisement. More advertisement means just inviting more people, which means that more people would go to their tour than to, for example, Secret Zagreb tour, right? And um, I don't, none of us wants that massive tourism. I know that Eva for first doesn't want like 50 people on uh, her group, but uh, a big franchise in Zagreb being such a small city would actually influence her not having 13 people on every tour, which is, I think, still the maximum uh, for some of the tours, uh, then rather to have maybe five people because they wouldn't actually have the uh, opportunity to um, research her tours, which are fairly more um, uh, authentic, better, uh, more local. They are coming from the actual local tour guide, not that that franchise company actually brought and employed, you know? So basically... Nothing against that, but uh, the local business has the word local in it for a reason, right? Uh, regarding network between ho hostels or hotels or tour guides, again, I would also rather say to my group, hey, and if you're going to split, maybe you should check out this and this hostel because I know for a fact they're doing a great job. Or I'll give you the contact of my friend, the tour guide in Zadar. She's awesome. She's great. She'll take you in. Her prices are blah, blah, blah. And if there's anything worth mentioning, 
I would much rather that that comes from me, from Eva, from my staff in Swanky, than from some kind of a company, you know? And I think it actually is better for people who want local experience to have their advices from the actual locals, because if they like my tour, I assume they like me. And if they like me, maybe they will like my advice and maybe they will actually take my advice. Hopefully, I don't know. They could end up being in a different hostel or a different tour or whatever. But I gave I, I give myself the right, let's say, to be the person who will give that advice. Just because I think I've been working in tourism long enough to maybe know, hey, this is better than this. But, but that's a personal, that's uh, a personal but I think, uh, I think that uh, I, this is not the first time that I heard uh, what Rex was saying, that it's not really... You know, searchable. You have to first find the tour that you're happy with, and then trust the person or uh, the hotel you're happy with. Uh, the reason why the franchises can be good is because you don't want to take a chance uh, um, and sleep with bad bugs, right? If it's not necessary. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's um, good. Like products like ours are um, good because um, they they are somehow searchable. You can find them, but you can't really find all of the good tour guides by yourself um, and there could be something missing how to, I mean, I'm not just referring to tour guides, restaurants, anything, anything you might need, in fact. Um, but um, yes, there's no kind of a quality mm, network that would be easy to, is, that is connected in any way through common branding, through um, a website, well, that would be a bad solution, I think. <laughs> Again, another website with tours or something. But anything like, um, you know, collecting stamps or something. Uh, so you know that you have a tour in this town and this town. And I don't know, at the end, you get a free tour in the last town. <laughs> yeah, like I, think, I think it's a bit more of a branding issue as well as, a, like to say, a collated information pool whereby. Because the, the thing now is that, let's say that you guys use whatever travel platforms right to collect reviews right and reviews is obviously an important factor in the tourism industry because that reflects confidence and everything right there is i'm just thinking that if you have a collated platform where all these well-reviewed companies come in together and of course you guys know each other and form whatever collaboration that makes sense now there's a place where people can get more information past it becomes easier, especially for people to, that don't want to take a risk with stuff. I mean, maybe not in terms of tour, tours, but I think accommodation is probably one big area for nomads, right? Like we always say that if internet is obviously very important for us, right? So that has always been the biggest concern whenever we go to a place. We are like, we don't want to go to a place and then realize that the internet is shit, right? Because that, that already hinders your daily routine and stuff. So if there's a collated brand or collated site that says, hey, these are crew, and I think maybe, maybe I think DNA is trying to do similar stuff. Well, that's what I thought, right? So, I think that could even be applied to the tourism industry. Whereby now I know that hey, if I go on this tour and whatever, whatever, these are branded under co curated for digital nomads or something like that, which, which I think is why initiatives like Chromats or the accommodation portal that DNA is doing. Could potentially be a very yes. good way to, you know, gather the resources. 
Well, I think this is a great uh, start, and so far it could be one of the best things. And then, uh, uh, I, as, as far as I noticed, people are then trying to keep the standards once they were recommended in the community. Um, and um, I think that this is so far. I also don't like that everything that the information is dispersed. So, would it be really uh, convenient if we started uh, doing together and saying, "Oh, we're the best," or "We're the best"? Uh, I think this is even more functional. It, it could develop into something really really helpful as soon as people start discovering it truly right as a so as a last question and i'm not sure that if this is a different perspective but if we flip the coin around and we look at we have talked about how the digital nomad scene impacts the tourism industry right if you are speaking to other tourism companies in different countries that are trying to push as a digital nomad destination right what can tourism companies or tour operators do to help support this kind of initiative so the whole economy can grow as a whole? Mm, well, uh, I think that there are many small things. Uh, the big thing has been done, right? So the big thing, giving getting the digital nomad visa into the country and having this big huge awareness of Croatia being a digital nomad destination, that's check, right? But now, I think smaller businesses, I'm not even talking about only uh, tourism and hospitality. Uh, I think smaller businesses need maybe a bit of a strong word, but education uh, about this new trend and about this new um, way of living and working because as a digital nomad if you come to come to the country and you live here for let's say two months um tours and accommodation are just like a small small portion of what you actually need <clears throat> so i don't know you need a hairdresser that's just one-off things you need to go buy groceries you need to uh, simulate and like you you have to live here right so the education that I'm referring to has to go towards the um, raising the awareness that you are not a tourist here. You are a foreigner, but you are not a tourist. And your needs are more similar to my needs living here than to a standard tour, uh, tourist. Also, raising the awareness that uh, nobody is here to <clears throat> take our jobs. That sounds dramatic, but um, I heard that actually in the in the Balkan mentality. That's like, oh, they will come and they will take our jobs. No, they won't. They are here to do their own jobs. Uh, nobody has anything against digital nomads, but awareness of that and education of that is just not on a level that it should be for people who are not in it so deep as me or Eva or Paul or Tanya or Jan or Michael or anybody who is in that. We know exactly what you guys want and what you guys not exactly but like we get the point right other people living in maybe similar branches or close branches to tourism are still not aware of actually what's happening because this digital nomad thing came very fast very uh, intense and it just burst you know and all of a sudden we have digital nomads and they're everywhere and the, something is happening and there are more and more of you so I think that needs to be done. Not quite sure where that education needs to come from because there's no like one man who will do it or one company who will do it. But like anything in in its like start uh, level, it needs to go like potential uh, like uh, 
slow, right? Uh, slow in a sense of doing one step at a time. Yeah. Um, we will see this year what what will happen because uh, tourism in its pri- primarily uh, primary form is uh, again opening up and happening, but we have this digital nomad trend as well. So this is going to be the first year where these two things are just going to like clash, right? So we will see uh, what will happen in the sense of pricing. Maybe the best um, example would be accommodation. We will see if people will still be open giving away, not giving away, sorry, uh, giving um, uh, cheaper monthly rents, let's say, uh, rather than trying to uh, earn as much as possible in like three summer uh, summer months uh, for daily uh, daily rents because I don't know will people realize that they can earn more or same money from like long term stays from one digital nomad that will stay in their place for five six months or they will say no I don't want that I want my I don't know seventy five hundred euros per day like just doing that every day, like check-in, check-out, check-in, check-out, check-in, check-out, you know? So um, that flexibility will now come to a test, right? Got it. Yes, that's true. The flexibility will come to a test. um, uh, But I think that those who tried it already know uh, all the benefits. uh, But the problem would be to teach all the others. In fact, really, people need so many so many things when they live somewhere. And um, if uh, the time that you spend um, being a tourist uh, also can can be bad for your uh, actual work uh, while you get used to the city. So making it as convenient as possible to live somewhere could also be one of the challenges, I think. Uh, for, for, hmm? Right, sorry. so go on, go on, sorry. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's um, it. Uh, but I think that... Um, we kind of started with a very positive note, and I feel now that we we are now looking into more and more problems. Well, <laughs> um, well, but, I, but I, I don't think I, I think I think the big thing about this whole the whole Croatia situation is that is that well, it's a big change, right? It's not something that's going to happen overnight. But we have seen progress in the last two years on like the small steps that's leading to bigger and bigger changes, right? I do think that the biggest positive is that. And I've always said this in all the other podcasts is that Croatia is taking action. The fact that the people inside know something is happening and they are trying their best to do something, despite not knowing, having a confirmed outcome, the willingness to just dive in and try, that is actually what makes Croatia one of the more attractive destinations in the Balkans. I mean, we are seeing Montenegro, Serbia, Bosnia trying to look at Croatia's example to do this. Is because Croatia took the first step like within the whole Balkans to, to really look into this area. And it wasn't easy. I mean, like, it started off with just a few people trying to do something. Now, of course, now we are seeing more and more people join the ranks in like... And in some sense, that also proves that the education is spreading, right? As more businesses come in to partner with the association or something to offer like uh, discounts or rates or like any way that they can contribute to attract more people to come in or like uh, easier day-to-day living that actually shows progress is happening yeah yep. um eva you said that we we shifted off from the positive to the negative um i i hear what you're saying but um um i think that talking about not necessarily negative but issues and is the 
is the actual thing we have to talk about because that's true. We 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 talk about very openly and very gladly about the good things, but the problem occurs when we just talk about the good things because mm-hmm. there's no business or uh, not even business. There's no thing that you are doing that has only good sides, right? I mean, show it to me and like prove it to me that there is something that only has good sides. There's always plus and minuses. There's always positive and negative. And I think that this story uh, definitely has more positive things, but Mm -hmm. negative things need to be, we need to be aware of negative things. Not even the negative things, but I would say the problems and the issues that a new thing that's happening, new trend is just faced with. And that's it because uh, this is something introduced to people that, don't know what digital nomad actually means, don't know what remote work means. And it's very, again, I'm going back to this um, pandemic uh, issue uh, in the sense that the pandemic actually did, and this is very stupid to say maybe, but it actually did good for awareness of the digital nomad because now people who never thought about, again, leaving their desk are leaving the desk for their own jobs. And they are more aware of, aha, uh-huh, other people are doing this. They are called digital nomads, but they're not yes. changing the desk from office to home. They're changing the desks from office to a table in Croatia, let's say, to be very symbolical, you know? Yeah. So um, the pandemic actually kicked it off in a good way. And this is a great example how something very negative can actually have a beneficial and be a positive thing at the end for if we play our cards right, let's say. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. And I, so far, I think there's um, been a lot of positive feedback from all of the sides, um, destination management, uh, digital nomads community, and the local businesses. Um, starting from us, uh, we've been enjoying this, I think, uh, the, these uh, changes and the awareness Uh, of uh, digital nomad communities so i really hope that it's going to develop in the same uh, in the same direction as it started yes that's good to hear that's good to hear yeah so the 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 more i look into this whole story the more interesting it gets i think and and of course the story is not ending anytime soon it's like still going up towards the climax i think so this is this is one of the reasons why i keep like following through on this croatia journey because it's like it's just getting more and more interesting so um, thank you guys for coming on. I think like there's a lot more things I wanted to ask, but then, of course, we've spent quite a lot of time here. Um, but in conclusion, right, if anyone is going to Croatia and they want to look for both of you for your travel advice on your travel stories, where can they find you? Well, uh, Swanky Travel, we have uh, social media, we have web page. So the easiest way is... Uh, to Google Swanky Travel. Uh, we are in Ilica 50, that's central, and um, that's it. And if you find me, you will most definitely find Eva because I'll just I'll just tell you where she is and vice versa. If you find Eva, <laughs> yeah, that's she'll, true. she'll tell you where I am. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> that is true. Um, you can also find Secret Zagreb all over, uh, on any social network uh, and online. Also, Croatia underrated. So, if you'd like to listen to some stories from Croatia, that can be a good way to get introduced. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. It seems that it'll be easy to find you guys. And I will drop the links uh, for the listeners. I'll drop the links in the show notes so you can definitely find them. Um, thank you, ladies, for coming on today. Thank you for your time. Thank well, you thank for you. the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Chat with Nomads. 
Please remember to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to share with your friends. Also, we'd love to know what topics you'd like to hear more about. To stay updated on the latest, join us on our mailing list at chatwithnomads.com. You can also find more travel and nomading tips at Nomads Unveiled. That's N-O-M-A-D-S-U-N-V-E-I-L-E-D.com. Start living your dreams today. We'll catch you in the next episode.